This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, May the 31st, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on the last day of May as summer has officially begun. We welcome you and thank you for joining us here every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Arizona time. My name's Homer Lopez, and this show is all about you and what's best for you and how to take care of you and just some ideas that the owner, the man with the plan, the guy who puts it all together, his name's Joe Jaquin. He is the owner and CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and what we do is gold and silver, the physical delivery of legal, lawful, constitutional tender, and it's as easy as giving us a call at 1-800-951-0592, and the lovely Wendy is here today to take your phone calls, answer your questions, walk you through your order, or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. It's that easy. Point and click. Look at the products. Buy the products if you like, or just check out the news to disturb the comfortable. Once again, all of this brought to you by Patriot, the Patriot Trading Group and its owner. Joe, how are you? Did you have a nice Memorial Day weekend? Welcome back. Well, thank you. I hope everybody had a, a great weekend. Obviously, hopefully, some of you at least took a few minutes uh, to remember all, all of the Americans that have paid the ultimate price. Uh, to give us the opportunity to live in this great land. Uh, it was my anniversary this weekend. Ah, congratulations. Uh, lucky Sarah. She's so lucky. <laughs> She's lucky, I, I pretty right? much got the, uh, what, dude, you're so lucky. Uh, right? uh, I don't uh, think anyone said that to her. <laughs> A bunch of people said that I'm to me. I'm saying it to her right now. You're lucky, Sarah, to have Joe. So we did what we have done probably for the last ten anniversaries and spent it uh, at the basketball court as both of our sons were playing uh, big memorial tournaments uh, this weekend. My youngest son, his team won the championship and uh, he was the most valuable player of the tournament, so it was a very exciting day for us. Just another weekend at the Jayquin house, Yeah, just another weekend. He took home the big trophy. Uh, Some interesting things happened at that, that had never happened before, and I want to talk about that, but before I do, I cannot tell you how horrible I feel. You're not feeling good? No, no, no. I feel fine, but how horrible I feel about we, you were, you know, Friday's Eric does the show, and we, we are doing this fantastic special. Yeah, thank you, Wendy. Wendy just blurts it out. I screwed it up. And I really, I really screwed it up. And I will say that I got more emails and phone calls from customers that they're so smart. They knew that that could not be possible. Uh, And my public school education let me down, whatever the excuse may be. Uh, But I did. I, I, I screwed it up royally. Uh, For those of you that actually have, have done then uh, try to take advantage of it. Send us checks. We're going to do something. We're going to make it right. I don't know how. Worst case scenario, you'll get your check back with a bunch of coupons for for something off, some type of special. 
best case scenario, we'll work something out. But I, I apologize. Uh, it happened. It was a just a huge mistake and a thousand apologies for that, and we'll make it right. Either way, it's going to be a great thing, and, and we'll get uh, everybody taken care of. Speaking of things that happened, so we're at the courts, and I, I want to say it was, so just so you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, spent the entire four days at basketball event for, for my two kids. But I want to say it was Saturday. My wife, I was at one gym, she was at a different gym, and then we we met to watch, it was actually our older son play, our younger son had played in the morning, and my wife had come in and she was all upset. And I'm like, what? what's the matter? She's they just checked Boo's bag, our youngest, our 13-year-old's bag. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're doing bag check to get into the basketball tournament. You mean like airport checks? I mean, they're doing they're, they're their own. The, the basketball people are a TSA now? Apparently, we now have to have bag checks at these tournaments that are ranging, you know, they're seven or eight, probably eight years old through uh, varsity 17 and 18-year-olds. And sure enough, I didn't see it. But sure enough, on Monday, yesterday, um, I was bringing my youngest into the game when I was bringing his buddy, his teammate, who had spent the night, and we're walking in, and there they are. Uh, you guys need to open your backs. We need to check them out. And I asked them, I'm like, what are you looking for? Weapon? That's what he said, weapon. And I'm thinking, wow. This is this is the new, I guess, life that we're all living in, and where everywhere you go, they want to. Ch- I mean, what, what's next? You're going to go to the mall? Excuse me, ma'am. Can we check your purse? And I was just, you know, I've been going to these events, like I said, for the last ten years. I've never seen it. I guess it could happen. I'm sure that it has happened somewhere. But uh, I just found it very, very interesting, and I will say that... Uh, were you guys at a high school gym, or nope. were you guys at... Uh, nope, it wasn't at a high school gym. We were at a sports complex, and if you didn't comply, you weren't getting in. And I just, I had never seen it before, and, and I was just, and I'm not sure even how to, you know, and I'm watching the people... And, and, you know, my wife is my barometer, right? She was upset. She was bad. But most of the people, well, whatever. You know, I'm sure they would have done whatever and, and never batted an eye and thought that what a great place this was. I don't know. This is the, this is the great American society. Patriot Radio News Hour. The last day of May, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. There was a boatload of economic data that was out today and really points to the same thing that we've been seeing. It doesn't add up. We had, I'll give you, we had two good numbers. Two good numbers. The first good number 
home prices were up 5.4% year over year, according to Case Schiller. And, and led by spikes in the Seattle market and the Boston market. Apparently those two markets are, are hot. But home prices were up. And now a lot of us would say, well, that may not be a great thing. Right, we're seeing these these home prices follow this pattern that led to the last housing crash, and you have irrational price increases going on when you're looking at demand numbers. I mean, real numbers that are some of the lowest this country has ever seen outside of the crash years, uh, but up five point four percent. The other big number to the good was consumer spending. They said that consumers spent more than they had. It was the biggest jump in spending since August of 2009. The The big leader in consumer spending was the huge increase in gasoline or the cost of gasoline. And they said that consumer spending... Uh, you know, which, let's face it, makes up the, the biggest part of GDP, which apparently nowadays may or may not be that important, uh, was led by gasoline. It wasn't, you know, obviously we know this, they weren't shopping at the malls, but they said that the consumer uh, spending was up 1%. And this was a an April number. Of course, April we probably saw... Uh, the biggest jump in those gasoline prices. Uh, this was after March had been uh, revised down to flat. So we had no spending growth in March, a 1% surge in April. They said that the, a range of goods and services, uh, they pointed to automobiles in the front of the article, the, at least the headline article doesn't really give you the details very well. Uh, because, well, let's face it, everybody knows that a rise in gasoline prices doesn't necessarily mean the economy's great. They said personal spending was up 1%. Well, people were only making four-tenths of a percent more, uh, which caused the, I guess, the bad side of that, a large drop in consumer savings rate. And, of course, you got to remember the savings rate number really is almost irrelevant. And it's, it's really sad to say that. But when two-thirds of the population doesn't even have $1,000, does it really matter what the savings rate is? Because really, for two-thirds, it's zero. And, of course, when you take out the, the top half of the 1%, the half a percenters, uh, the savings rate for the entire country is probably close to zero. The other numbers that came out, all of these numbers, so those two numbers, consumer spending, home prices, kind of go along with the Fed story of things are better, we're going to raise rates. Then we got the following other reports out. Consumer confidence fell to the lowest level since January of, or I mean since 2015. The biggest drop in consumer confidence, by the way, jobs. 
one of the things the Fed says is really good. The consumer coming out and saying, yeah, we can't find jobs, or at least good jobs. Then on top of that, small business job growth. There's a company, new, and I, a lot of people have heard of them, Paychecks. They are probably the largest provider of payroll services uh, for a lot of these small businesses. They, they came out with their report and said that small business job growth, which, by the way, is the largest portion of job growth, would be small business, is actually declining. And they said it started off the year strong, has gone negative. Small business job growth, actual, that's an actual number based on their data, has gone negative. Then we had the Chicago PMI come out. It went negative again, uh, 49 in change. The two biggest issues there, new orders or lack thereof, oh, and jobs or lack thereof. The Dallas Federal Reserve was out today. And they've been negative for a while. They've been negative, I want to say, for, I don't know what the exact number, but it's been a year now, a year plus. But it went even farther. They were negative 20. And and really, obviously, energy, a big part of that, orders, jobs, all of it across the board, all of that negative. And then the, the last piece that came out was earnings because we're almost done now with the entire first quarter earnings. All of the the companies that are out there that report earnings have done so, and they said that earnings have fallen at the fastest rate since the crisis. So when you look at Wall Street, when you look at all the uh, S&P 500, the Dow, first quarter earnings for the... I guess for the companies that report on the stock market, were the worst that they've been since, uh, well, since 2009. And they said it's the fourth straight quarterly decline and fell the sharpest than any quarter since 2009. And so when I sat there and I looked at all of the reports that came out, obviously playing catch up from the holiday. The consumer had to spend more, but not because they wanted to, right? The consumer had to spend more because they had to, which obviously led to the decline in the savings rate. And, of course, like I said, that number really doesn't mean a lot because most Americans don't have savings. But then you start looking at the, the other data, all of it being negative outside of home prices, which when you look at the other data, kind of makes that number seem kind of erroneous. And, I, and I'm wondering what it is that is so great and why we need to raise rates and why we need to do all of these things. But then I was reading the Wall Street Journal this morning, and it kind of dawned on me. 
And this is one of the things that I've been talking about for a little while now, about how we may be forced to raise rates, not because things are good here, but because things are so bad somewhere else. And the somewhere else has to be an economy large enough to make a difference, and there's really only four. Well, I guess we'll call it five. We'll be generous. There's our economy, right? The Japanese economy. The Chinese economy. The Eurozone. And then the U.K. We'll throw the U.K. in there. The U.K., uh, probably the least of the five. But of, of those, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Eurozone, all three of those economies would love for a stronger dollar. And really, you got to take the Chinese, that's a little bit... They don't want a stronger dollar. They'd like a weaker renminbi, right? And they'll do their own thing. So let's set them off to the side. That leaves the U.K., the Japanese, and the EU. We'll set aside the U.K. because they're not that big anyway, right? The economy of, of, of England... Not that important. So that just leaves Europe and Japan. Now, the EU combined, when you combine all the countries, it's got a GDP pretty close to our own, so it's very crucial. And then, of course, Japan's got the fourth largest economy in the world. In the Wall Street Journal, and this was the weekend edition, so, of course, the edition that the least amount of people read. And it's on page A5. Japan's Abe hints at the delay of a tax increase. And really, in Japan, they're, they're talking about the uh, value-added tax. In other words, every time you buy something in Japan, you pay a value-added tax as they're trying to deal with their huge crisis, and they're supposed to be increasing the value-added tax. I'm just going to read you the article, and then, you know, after you look at the data I just gave you, which really, all of us agree, there's really no basis for a rate hike other than, I guess, trying to get a few hikes in before the, before the recession starts. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe failed this week, talking about last week the G7 meeting was in Japan, to persuade the group of seven industrialized nations that the world faced a possible economic crisis and then went on to issue the warning himself. His grim view served to open the door to another delay in the planned sales tax increase in Japan. The possibility he acknowledged for the first time Friday 
saying it was prompted by G7 commitments to faster growth. Following more than a year of vows by Abe that the tax increase would proceed as scheduled next year unless the world faced conditions similar to the magnitude of the Lehman shock of 2008. So all year long, he would say, nope, we're going to do it. And now that they need to, now that the time has come to do it, they're not going to do it. After the G7 issued a communique, so you think about it, the G7 met in Japan. And here's what they, here's what they said. They warned of rising risk to the global economy, but they didn't call for coordinated fiscal spending. Of course, if you listen to our Federal Reserve, they're talking about everything's fine, we're raising rates. Abe pointed to slowing growth in China, which it's really slowed. Emerging markets, as well as the long slump in commodity prices, you know, which is funny because Japan imports almost all of its stuff. So you think that would be a benefit? It's just another example where you know, like here, cheap oil's now bad. Same thing now, Japan saying, "Hey, cheap commodity prices is bad." But we're going to talk about why it is we're going to raise rates and what Japan has to do with it next. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Kind of a interesting, weird, somewhat complex show today. But I'm going to simplify it all, I promise you. So why is it that... We're talking about all of a sudden this need to raise rates. And I say all of a sudden because, let's face it, the economy hadn't been so good. GDP keeps falling, right? They they talk about jobs. Yes, there is job growth, but it's all part-time, right? It's all, and I say all, mostly minimum wage. Right, one of the one of the biggest component of job growth, at least the one that they've been touting is so great, had been retail. Fifty thousand jobs a month, according to the government's seasonally adjusted data, is now zero. Right, really, it's negative. I mean, look at all the stores. We were just at a store. We were just at Sports Authority last night. As it starts, it's going out of business. And, and then you start thinking about all the pieces to the puzzle as all of a sudden the world central banks it's no longer about the United States and what's good for us they've made this system and and have perpetuated the lies of prosperity through debt that the only way they could keep the game going was to get it bigger and bigger and bigger, and now we live, really live in this quote-unquote global economy. And here's what's happening, and see if this sounds familiar. 
The latest bad news from, from Japan came earlier in the day, and this was Friday, when the government reported that consumer prices, excluding fresh food, fell three-tenths of a percent in April. The same rate of decline registered in March. The data showed that the Bank of Japan's goal of reaching 2% inflation, huh, doesn't another country have that goal? Oh, that's right. We have that goal. Oh, guess what? So do the Europeans. They have the same goal. Oh, so does the, the UK. They have the same. Apparently, all the central banks in the world, they all have the same goal. 2% somehow is going to give us economic nirvana. And the funny thing is, is most people out there believe it. If we can just make your money worth 2% less every single year, we're doing a great job. I mean, think about that. 10 years, your money's worth 20% less. I mean, that 100 bucks is now worth 80. And that's assuming they don't make a mistake. It said that they, they've had this goal since 2013. It says that the Bank of Japan last month pushed back the target date now for the fourth time. They said that the sustained, robust growth promise hasn't materialized. Right, the same stuff that we're getting promised here that continually don't materialize. It said that the Japanese economy expanded at 1.7% in the first quarter. Of course, it's contracted two out of the last three quarters. And remember, I gave you the one. Here's what they've done. Down 1.7, up 1.7, down 1.7, up 1.7. All managed. They have no growth. They have a lot of debt, though. The one thing that's exploding is the debt. And this is the point that I'm getting to. It says that the previous sales tax increase, which was in April of 2014, in Japan they were paying a 5% tax on everything. That tax got raised to 8%. It's supposed to go to 12 and eventually 15%. And now they're saying they're going to delay it because it'll put the economy back in recession again. But the problem is, if they delay it, then the deficits are going to continue to explode in Japan. See, they don't know how to get out of it. So what what is going to happen is they need that currency to get so weak that they get inflation. They're desperate for it. Because that way, if they keep, if they can get growth, they can say that the debt by the GDP has fallen, right? Somehow it's better if you got a larger GDP number, the amount of debt you had somehow seems to be better, right? That's the that's how they like to think. Well, the debt's only two percent of GDP. 
right? The, the debt's only 2.5% of GDP. And as long as the GDP number goes up, doesn't matter if the debt number goes up. But for all of us that use common sense when we think, eventually you know that's a sham. Eventually the deficits get so big. Look at us. We got a deficit getting ready to hit $20 trillion. Our GDP is only $18 trillion. But, you know, think about, you know, 10% of $18 trillion is $1.8 trillion. 1% is $180 billion. 2% 360000000000 billion. Right? You start doing the math. 3% $540 billion, which is where we're going to be. 4%, which is where we're going to be plus next year, is $700 billion. And you got to remember, they do the same thing. They have the fake number that they release to the media, and then there's the real number that's much bigger. But now what I'm saying is at least it appears to me that we are going to deliberately take a hit by raising rates here to try to save Japan. Because if Japan goes, just like the article said, they wouldn't do it unless there's another Lehman-type crisis. This is what Abe said and has been repeating ad infinitum. The only way we won't raise the value-added tax, which, by the way, is going to come here. Get ready. It's coming. Is if there's going to be another Lehman-type event. And the next Lehman-type event is going to be a country blowing up. Right? It's not going to be a bank blowing up. It's going to be a country that blows up. And it's not going to be Greece. It's not going to be Cyprus. It's going to be somebody big, and maybe it's the Japanese. How bad is the debt problem? Nobody really knows. Nobody wants to talk about it. People running for president don't want to talk about it. The Federal Reserve doesn't want to talk about it. Wall Street doesn't want to talk about it. The Prime Minister of Japan, he had to talk about it. He's like, I just had the G7 in here. I just showed him the real number. I showed it to him. And they said, well, yeah, well, there's risk there. Yep, yep, but we're not, we can't come. We can't say that. We can't say that publicly. I mean, you can. Because, you know, we'll put it in the Wall Street Journal on a Saturday and nobody will notice. And I just find it interesting that really, in the matter of a few weeks, we went from, hey, we may be entering recession. And there's probably not going to be any rate hike this year. So we got to raise rates, like, immediately. And and what happened? Right, and there's, oh, I don't think got better. Everything's wonderful. Really, GDP growth got worse 
right? Even their doubly seasonally adjusted number came in at eight-tenths of a percent. We didn't get one. Wall Street earnings, first quarter, by the way, 99% of Wall Street has reported first quarter earnings. Down 7% year over year. By the way, the fourth quarter was down 3.2%, which means earnings in the last six months have fallen 10%. So you think about it, we got GDP growth of next to nothing. And earnings down 10% and they want to raise rates? That doesn't add up. That doesn't pass the sniff test. It's got to be some other reason. And the other reason, I may have been buried on A5 on the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal. Which is Japan coming out and saying, hey, listen, we need to go even more negative. We need to go even further into debt. We need somehow for this currency to get weak so we can have inflation. And then I saw this. This article just came on, on Market Watch. Oil rally. Okay, and oil, think about oil. Oil is now 50 bucks. It's almost gone up 100% in, what, three months? I mean, unheard of. You think about, yeah, I know a lot of American companies have filed bankruptcy. We know that, right? Our production here has fallen. But it hasn't fallen as much as they would want you to believe. You would think we'd lost two or three million barrels a day. We've lost a couple hundred thousand barrels a day. A fire in Canada, you know, come on. By the way, do you know that this month, May, OPEC pumped more oil than it ever had, ever? I mean, there's there's oil everywhere. There's tankers full of crude oil all over the globe. And yet it's almost double. And then I read this headline and it made sense. Oil rally leaves the ECB, the EU, room to celebrate at Thursday's meeting. And then they've got a picture of the EU symbol with fireworks going off in the background. That high oil prices is going to be economic nirvana. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Hey, maybe if we're lucky, we can get oil to go back to $100. If we're really lucky, it can go to one fifty. Why not 200 You know, it's funny, Eric, on Friday, I don't know, Homer, you didn't, didn't catch it, but, you know, he was saying that oil prices are probably going to go to three, four, five hundred dollars $500, right? Gas, go to $10 a gallon. Because we need to get, you know, pretend that high oil prices is now great. We need to get this inflation. The reason they're talking about celebrating is that the EU may be able to say, see, we're getting closer to this 2% number. How does that make any sense to anybody? 
if we can just get things to cost a whole lot more, then somehow we're going to have prosperity. And think about all the things that already cost a whole lot more. Rent, health care. Right, and health care, it won't stop. It's going to cost a whole lot more. You talk about my kids' basketball games. The number one thing the parents were talking about outside of having their bags checked, which was, wow, that was a big deal, was how much it cost, because four days. It was $8 a day per person. To watch your own kid play. Right. And, and for my younger son, three of the four days, they only played one game. Still had to pay 8 bucks a person. On top of what you paid to enter into the tournament, I mean, just nonsense. It's all I heard it repeatedly between what it costs to drive to the game and to pay to get into the game. It was devastating. There was two parents on my son's team I know did not come because they couldn't afford to pay for it. Now we want things to cost even more, and somehow that's going to save us. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on this Tuesday, the last day of May. You think, is it possible? Is it likely that they've deliberately shot up oil prices right forced everybody to go long and all these oils they trade they, you know they give you all these reasons but let's face it they're in all the markets right the, the bank of japan had to admit yeah we pretty much own every stock in our stock market matter of fact we're the majority shareholder in most of them and now the prime minister of japan had to come out and say hey whoa it's not working. We got to get stuff to cost more. Right now they're going to shoot off fireworks because gasoline is going through the roof. And then they're going to prescript it as good news because consumer spending has the biggest jump since 2009. Because everyone has got to pay more to fill up the gas tank. It's amazing. It really is. It nobody nobody sees the the harm and the danger and the risk that this is going to cause everybody. Because here's the thing that I keep telling people: What happens when two percent isn't enough? Now we need three percent inflation, right? Because the debts keep going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right now we need 4%, 5% inflation, 6%, 7% inflation. Right? Just to try to pretend that we're running in place. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And this is why you need to prepare. You need to get ready. You need to put things away that are real. Things that are going to protect you against the debt, the deficit, the, the just... 
lunatic fiat policy and fiat money that's being uh, expound all across the globe, right? All the quote-unquote industrialized nations all swimming in the same cesspool of debt. And then somehow $50 oil is going to help save us. Well, maybe not 50, but $100 might. Well, maybe not on maybe $150. And and you start to understand the the madness of it all. And that's why you put things away. Uh today's special and yes, I've got it right this time. US $20 Liberty gold pieces. 1325 bucks at 800 951 Zero five nine two legal lawful constitutional tender. We call it the loophole gold, right? Collectible things where if they confiscate gold, if they reinstitute the act of nineteen thirty three, you get to keep your collectible gold, all your bullion, your bars, your gold eagles, all your foreign gold has to be turned in. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberty Gold Pieces, 1866 to 1907 at 13 and a quarter. Uh, gold is up today, and it varies uh, anywhere from up one to eight dollars, depending on where you look. Twelve hundred and sixteen dollars. Silver is again same type of of scenario, like uh, but right now silver's at 1603. The Dow's down about a hundred points today. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back on a hump day Wednesday. Everyone have a great Tuesday.